Do you want the secret to becoming a profitable entrepreneur? It's not working 80 hours a week. It's not missing out on all the fun stuff in life. It's not feeling overwhelmed or burned out. While becoming an entrepreneur does require hard work, don't get me wrong, it's not what's going to make your business successful. If you want to truly become a profitable entrepreneur, you need to learn how to master your mindset, evolve your skills, and market your services to your ideal customer. You must commit to mastery, become the best at what you do, and never stop learning. Becoming a profitable entrepreneur is 100% possible, and I will teach you how in my free five-day workshop, Profitable Entrepreneur. I want, you to, I want to personally invite you, podcast listener of mine, and you can sign up. The link is on the description of this podcast episode. See you there. This is How She Owns It, a podcast dedicated to female entrepreneurs and those visionaries who left their 9 to 5 to own their time, their finances, and their joy in life by building their own businesses. I'm your host, Pauline Malabai, digital business strategist, director of operations, and agency owner of PMC, where our mission is to cater to visionaries with strategy, coaching, and implementation support. Each week, I give business wisdom and chat with other CEOs on how they are owning their happiness in life. Tune in to find out how to move the needle forward in your business and fully step into your role as CEO. Hello, friends. Welcome to How She Owns It, a podcast dedicated to female entrepreneurs and boss moms who left their 9 to 5 to own their time, their finances, and their joy in life by building their own businesses. I have Emma Haslam. It's her first podcast interview. I'm so excited. (laughs) Virago Insights. So welcome to the show, Emma, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Hi, and thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so I am the founder of Virago Insights. Um, We're a data analysis consultancy specializing in working with organizations who are doing some kind of social enterprise, social impact work. Um, so charities, tech for good, the social responsibility arms of businesses, etc. Um, trying to basically use data for some good, make a good impact on the world for a change. Um, and we kind of try and help organisations be as self-sufficient as possible on a day-to-day basis with their data. Um, so they can be as proactive as possible to make the best informed decisions. That's great. That's, that's really great work. I think that a lot of people in the third sector... Um, there's there's this notion that uh, sometimes it's inefficient. So I think that's that's really amazing. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into it and what you did before you you ventured into entrepreneurship. Yeah, so I would like to say it was a big plan that I've kind of guided towards and it was always my aim. Actually, it's been a bit of a windy road. Yes, um, I hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so after graduating many, many moons ago now, um kind of fell in to work in marketing on classic fm magazine oh wow um, that was my my first enter into the rat race um and then a little while after that i worked changed into a startup digital marketing agency way back in 2000 so when there was a lot less about digital marketing to know there was no uh, facebook back then uh, no, facebook, no twitter 
it's fine entering it now there's a huge amount to get your head around it was a lot gentler back then mm. um so i was doing them and I was doing an account manager so working on clients like bt the aa Ocado, stuff like that um and over time i kind of realized that i really enjoyed the analysis side of stuff and kind of feeding back to the client how things had performed and helping them with strategies based on that and so over time i just taught myself the data side Mm. of that kind of work um and just kind of like learned it and then as i moved from job to job um working for other people that I kind of angled myself more and more down that route and learning right. on the job all the time. Um, and then about 2008, it was, I finally decided to go out on my own and do consultancy work. Um, Brave doing... time, 2008, recession. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, I got an opportunity. It was kind of, I got to a place for work and I was thinking, this isn't quite giving me the right work-life balance. Mm. What is it that I want to do to achieve my dreams? You know, I'm working stupid hours to make someone else rich. Yes. Usual. Um, and a friend of mine had her own business and was looking for freelancers. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you, do you know what? Just take the plunge, just go for it. Um, so I did that, worked on my own, and then eventually set up my own business, went into business with a, someone else for a while. And again, focusing on digital marketing. Um, mm. And then that kind of fell apart. My partner emigrated to Sydney, so we had to dissolve the business and start again and all that kind of stuff. And then I kind of made the plunge again. Do you know what? Data is what I really love. Mm. So beforehand, I was kind of trying to have my finger in numerous pies because I thought that might bring in more work. But actually, mm. taking the decision to just specialize in the data side was a much happier decision in the end. Um, and that's, and worked out fine. Thinking actually being a specialist has worked out to get more work through the door um, yeah. because the quality of work was better in the end. Yeah, uh, I mean, I we are very we have very similar stories. I also left mm. my corporate job in the middle of a pandemic, so not a great time. Um, and people always tell you, you know, you should niche down. And I actually niched mm. out immediately when yeah. I entered the digital space, and it has worked out quite well for me. But now I'm kind of doing a reverse out of me because <laughs> I realized like you I have different interests and mm-hmm. um, different skill set I'm quite multifaceted as an entrepreneur and I think there's nothing wrong with both both strategies um, mm. whatever whatever fits for you exactly and it's not like once you make that decision you're stuck with it it's that just right decision at that time and then that will grow and evolve and then another decision will be the right decision in another another way so it's all kind of just having that flexibility yeah um and then yes and then I started up that business it went a bit quiet and I got asked if I would join um as head of analytics at another agency so I did and kept my own business going in the back behind the scenes um and then eventually went part-time on the both and a few years ago three four years ago my sense of time is shocking at the moment about three four years ago (laughs) everyone (laughs) uh, I went back on it full-time again yeah that's that's another really interesting point I had a guest on the podcast comes in and we were talking about how no one really talks about going into entrepreneurship and then going back to employment. Yeah. And we yeah. should, because there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you failed as an entrepreneur. Um, so that, that, was, that was a really, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of a great case study for that because you actually try mm-hmm. to do both. Yeah, and it was, it kept a roof over my head primarily, mm. but 
So I learned a huge amount more. My skill set improved dramatically yeah. because all of a sudden working for the eight, that marketing agency put me in front of a lot of clients I would never have been able to get in front of otherwise. Yes. Um, yeah. And so from a knowledge perspective, it was hugely beneficial time. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to know a little bit more about Burago Insights because I think it's a fascinating, you know, data is, is knowledge, data is, you know, I guess, everything nowadays and we've had I think the public and the media has a very tumultuous relationship with data Mm. with everything you've even addressed this on your website can you tell us a little bit more about how you harness data what what is it like working in in data being an entrepreneur in data yeah it is interesting it's kind of I think actually coming from the account management marketing side of it rather than the technical background Mm. really helps have the conversations with clients because as you know, there's so much data you could have access to. It's just finding out what they need themselves. So mm-hmm. actually, what is it as an organization you need to make your, your decisions throughout the, from the top to the bottom throughout the whole um, hierarchy? That's all the data you need to focus on. Right? And then it's just making sure that as that data comes in, you trust it mm-hmm. and then it's easily accessible so the right people can just access and go oh okay that's what I need to know that means that fine great I now I I can now go and do x um and it's just making it straightforward and de-jargoning it if that's such a word yeah (laughs) as possible and just I I ask why a lot why do you need to know that yeah what benefit is knowing that going to have or how are you, are you going to inform your decisions? How is that going to add any benefit and stuff like that? So there's kind of a bit of coaching that goes alongside it really. Yeah. And what, I mean, I'm quite interested in this, in the kind of the specific niche of CSR work of social impact that you work in, because I think when people think of data, they either think from a cybersecurity perspective or from mm-hmm. the perspective of like advertising, and it's different, yeah. like coming at it from the CSR perspective, social impact perspective. Mm. It, it's, it's very fascinating to me. So how, what are the kind of uses of data in that, in that sense? And what kind of, you know, educational piece that you have to teach your, your potential clients? I think, if, first of all, it's kind of like, why is an organization, do you have, even have a CSR arm to you? Like, why is an organization, do you think that you need that? How is that adding value to your wider existence? Um, And so just having that, asking that question helps me understand what they want. They're expecting that contribution to make to them. Um, And now I can make sure, kind of help them to make sure that they're collecting the right kind of information to prove whether that's happening or not. Yeah. The the big bods higher up the food chain. Yeah. but it's also, I found it can really impact the type of customers or supporters they're getting. So it might be you'll get the type of customers that are coming in because they've got a discount or a deal with Black Friday coming up, for example. Mm. Like how many of those then repeat by yeah. um, with you? But if someone's coming to you as an organization because they've really bought into your CSR message, then the longevity of that relationship potentially is huge. Um, and so it's a different customer organization relationship that then you're kind of having to build and make sure that as your CSR uh, messaging or ethos carries on, that you're, you're still listening to what your supporters are after 
and that's still marrying up as you move forward. Right. And for our, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be posted on LinkedIn. So for, you know, any connections or people who are working in, in the, that sector, what, what number one advice would you want to give them and impart to them? I think it is kind of like really get clear throughout the whole organization, not just your team, but what value your CSO arm is, is adding. Like, why do you exist in the first place? Um, and then how can you prove your worth or your value? Um, what questions are you being asked? I mean, do I, I mean, does the rest of the organization know what you're contributing? It might be that actually data is a really good way of doing internal PR. Yeah. Just what a good job you're doing for the rest yeah. of the organization. Absolutely. Like raise that morale up and we all need a bit of morale yeah. raising these days. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And that, you know, that could really tie in with any other marketing messages that you're just doing for general acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, or retention or anything like that um, and so I think it could be some of them are really well known some organizations have very public CSR like Body Shop does a heap of stuff always does as well mm-hmm. and so big brands have like really public CSR arms to them other organizations they might not be very well known about or they might be the poor cousin to the rest in terms of resource and budget and so if you're trying to increase your profile or if you want to argue for a bit of bigger allocation of the pie, then data of what you've already achieved can be a really good way of doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think that anything that's data-driven is more believable than, than hearsay. Um, perfect. So going back to you now, going back to Emma, what would be, do you think in your journey so far, has been your biggest challenge and and you know as I mentioned before it's the it's national international entrepreneurship week so I'm always very curious about the, the challenges and and the wisdom of entrepreneurs before we wrap up yeah. I think for me it was it's learning how to run a business so I can do the data stuff that's fine mm. like that's that's why I've got years of experience doing but running a business is a really steep learning curve of a yes. whole <laughs> range of skill sets that you have to take on board that when I was working for someone else, that always just kind of got taken care of. You're getting of. taken care of. Exactly. I think it is such, I think it's really funny because I, I have interns in my um, agency and I have to tell them, you know, like it's not for everyone, this whole mm. entrepreneurship. You really have to be the kind of person that is a bit of a hustler, <laughs> really proactive. You can think for yourself and mm. who's not lazy. You just cannot be lazy. <laughs> no, not at all. And I think that's why the reason you're doing it really has to matter. So when it gets yeah. hard and it gets tough and you're tired, that it, when you remind yourself of that big vision, you go, yeah, no, I still want to work for that. Yeah, it's not just a bonus. It's not just a promotion at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, for me, it's not the bank account. You know, mm. it's not that's not why I'm living it. There's a whole bigger issue about like the fulfillment of my life and the type of life I want to live and all the yeah. other stuff outside of work that working for myself gives me the flexibility to do. Yes. Um, and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, okay, as long as I keep reminding myself of that big picture, then it helps with the tough times. And what has been your proudest moment to date? I always like to end this question. 
it's I a hard think actually, yeah it's hard it's a hard one really, especially because you know focus on the things that haven't gone quite right more than I focus on the things that have gone well yes um yeah. I think but I think relaunching because we rebranded the old analytics company Tuberago in the summer so during covid we've successfully mm. rebranded to Burago. um and I think that was yeah that was a big pat on the back I think for when we that went live and it's it's worked out well since thankfully amazing and and tell the listeners I love the story behind the name yes we were trying to we had like workshops and all sorts trying to come up with something and we wanted something that kind of reflected the helping others and empowering others and stuff so I was just fiddling around on the internet and found this plant called the Barago plant or star flower um, as it's also known, that is known as a companion plant. So it helps other plants flourish. So it repels pests um, and attracts pollinators. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we, went with. we need more baragos in our life. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love that. So to wrap things up, in your first podcast, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, where can people find you online? So the website is baragoinsights.com. Um, also the same company page on LinkedIn, Barago Insights, but also Emma Haslam on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there as well. Um, or on Twitter. Lovely. Thank you so much for being on the show, Emma. It's oh, been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Pauline Malubai Consulting. We are an agency that support visionary CEOs with strategy, coaching, and implementation support. We are their right-hand partners in building and scaling their operations and revenue streams. We give them the space to own their CEO role. If you want to find out more, visit helpmepauline.com and let's continue the conversation. Hey friends, hope you enjoyed this episode of How She Owns It. If you want to be a part of a collective of purpose-driven female visionaries, join our Facebook group, How She Owns It, for insightful conversations, new friendships with fellow CEOs, and tips and tricks to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Running, building, and scaling a business is hard work, so give yourself credit for owning your definition of success. Now go out and help someone else by subscribing, sharing, and passing this episode on. Give us a review and don't be shy to connect with me on my socials. I can be found at, at CEO Pauline Malubai. See you in the next one.